But if they compel you to commit shirk, then you cannot obey them. So this is a principle in our deen. That there is no scope of obedience to any creation such that it, it, it will lead us to disobedience of the creator. We cannot obe- have obedience to the creation in such a manner that we will end up disobeying the creator. But we have to speak with them respectfully. Allah Ta'ala says, However, still be kind to them and uh, address them in a nice manner. So this is what happens sometimes when our friends, our loved ones are committing injustice, then we let it slide, or worse yet, we defend them in that. And the truly just individual is the one who stands up for justice, if it's in his favor or against him, in both scenarios. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about a very important command that if people are mocking the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not sit in such a gathering until the topic changes otherwise you will be resurrected with them there's a hadith of Rasulullah when a sin is committed on the surface of the earth whoever is physically present there but he dislikes that sin in the books of Allah will be as if he was not present there. Whoever is not present there, is pleased with it, will be counted as if he was physically present there. So if you end up in such a gathering when sins are taking place, then the minimum obligation is to get up and leave that gathering. If you forget and continue to sit in that gathering, shaitan makes you forget. Do not continue to sit with the zalimeen after you recall what is going on. Get up from there, leave that place. Then after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the hypocrites in Medina. The hypocrites, they think they are fooling Allah. In reality, they are being fooled by Allah. When they stand to pray, they pray in a lazy manner. So this is a warning for us. It doesn't mean that if someone prays in a lazy manner, he's automatically a munafiq. What it does mean is that this is a sign of a munafiq. In the time of Rasulullah as Nabi said, Ayatul munafiqi salathun. The signs of a munafiq, he counted in one hadith, are three. When he speaks, he lies. When he makes a promise, he breaks his promise. When he is granted an amana, he makes khiyana in that amana. So in the time of Rasulullah one of the meanings could be that uh, if these signs are found, then, tip, then that individual is a munafiq. And we have to be careful when we say someone is a munafiq because nifaq is a type of kufr. It's a, he's a kafir. He's hiding kufr in his heart. So we cannot throw around the statement and say, oh, you're a hypocrite, or he's a hypocrite, or she's a hypocrite, she's a munafiq, he's a munafiq. Because that falls under takfir. And calling somebody a kafir is a very major uh, matter, very important, very delicate issue. Whoever says to his brother, oh, you're a kafir, one of the two will be a kafir. So if that person is truly not a kafir, then the fatwa of kufr will rebound on the individual who wrongfully made that claim. So we should not go around saying so-and-so is a munafiq. We should never attack anyone's intentions so that now if somebody lied once does that mean that person is a munafiq one interpretation of this hadith is that in the time of Rasulullah if somebody lied or and if, or if somebody made a khiyana in amana or if somebody um, broke their promise then that is a sign that that person truly is a munafiq munafiq i'tiqadi 
like they're a kafir, literally hiding as a Muslim. Because the mu'minun, the sahaba, they would not have any of these attributes. Uh, and only the hypocrites would. So this could be a sign of a true munafiq. Or in our day, when the amal has become so weak. So i'tiqadan, alhamdulillah, all of us sitting here, none of us are munafiqun, i'tiqadan. But amalan, practice-wise, uh, we have a lot of deficiency in our practice. So what is the actual term for a believer who believes in Islam, he's not hiding kufr in his heart, but is weak in his practice, is known as a fasiq. So their fisq is common. And these sins occur all the time. People are lying. In fact, in many Muslim countries in the East, uh, it is, people are pretty much raised with a culture of lying. Because they see their father and mother for the most uh, mundane things, the just absolutely mundane things that is not even uh, you know there is no white lie per se but any lie that will gain you a lot of benefit for example um, you know your whole career will be destroyed and your marriage will be broken and and your children will not want to see your face and and if you committed such a crime and you're brought and you say no no I never did it you may have some you don't it still doesn't justify to lie but at least you can understand why the guy is trying to hide his crime there is no reason to lie, but just for the, just maybe to, uh, in bargaining, to say, you know, you just completely lie. Oh, this thing you're selling for 10 rupees, over there, I, someone just offered it for 5. Nobody offered you for 5. What are you talking about? You lied, right? You just for 5 rupees, you're lying. Or, uh, or the seller is lying. The seller is saying, oh, you know, uh, I bought this for 200 rupees, like cents. And uh, actually, he, he bought it for 100 rupees. Why in the world are we lying? And so we're lying for like vegetables and we're lying for these different, you know, sense. There's nothing at stake. It's not your future at stake or anything at stake or your reputation at stake, nothing. You know, you tell the person go, when the, the Jamaatwari Gash come on the door knocking, go and tell them the uh, Baba's not at home. What are we doing? We're teaching the child to lie. And the Bajara Masum child goes to the door and he tells Jamaatwari, right? Baba told me to tell you that he's not at home, right? <laughs> So this is la hawla wala quwwata. So it, so this is um, we are the whole culture. They, in fact, some of the people I've I'm not even making this. I heard them. I literally heard the statement because this is so bad. I couldn't even make it up if I wanted to. They said that yahan America ke bache itte masoom hai unko jhoot bolna bhi nahi aata. Right. So the kids over here are so innocent. They don't even know how to lie with a straight face. What, what, that's a quite telling statement. It tells us that our culture, frankly, I'm talking about Desi culture at this point. I don't know about other cultures. Wallahu alam. But it's like, it's a, nobody really calls us out like this. But really, the reality is, it's like absolutely like some, I'm not talking about, yeah, major levels of deception too. Somebody's writing somebody else's exam, somebody else in, you know, someone else is going for the Baidat and the marriage stuff. Like major deceptions are happening. It's part of the whole culture. So uh, somebody else is doing somebody's job interview and small lies to big lies to every single category of lying, 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 lying is just so common. It's not even a big deal. So, The curse of Allah descends on lying. Rasulullah that's the Quranic ayah that is. Nabi said, Inna rajula How does it go? Inna raj- um, Allah Akbar. Inna al-fujur. Verily lying leads towards major disobedience and the major disobedience leads towards the fire. 
وَإِنَّ الرَّجُلَ لَيَكْذُبَ حَتَّى يُكْتُبَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ كَذَّابًا A person lies and lies until in the book of Allah he is branded this person is a kathab, major liar. وَإِنَّ الصِّدْقَ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْبِرِّ Speaking the truth leads towards righteousness. وَإِنَّ الْبِرَّ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ Righteousness leads towards Jannah. وَإِنَّ الرَّجُلَ لَيَسْتَقُوا حَتَّى يُكْتَبَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ سِدِّيقًا A person speaks the truth until finally, it's truth and truth he speaks until he is written in the book of Allah as a truthful individual. So lying, so anyway, in uh, this ayah, this hadith says that if somebody lies in the time of Rasulullah you know that immediately he is a munafiq. And nowadays, the, trans, the, the interpretation of this hadith is that these are um, uh, signs of nifaq. Alamatun nifaq. Likewise, over here, Allah Ta'ala says, a person is performing salah in a lazy manner. This is a sign of uh, that person being a hypocrite. Very careful. So if somebody is all lazy and he's all in his salah making sounds, you cannot say that, hey, per the Quranicaya, you are a hypocrite. We cannot say that. They are specific munafiqoon. In the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Women They are hypocrites in Medina. Their salah would be like that. So obviously it's a bad thing. You don't want to pray salah like them. But it doesn't mean if somebody does it, he's automatically a, a hypocrite. And then Allah Ta'ala speaks about the hypocrites. The hypocrites will be in the lowest level of the fire of Jahannam. If you recall the, the story from last night, the Yahudi kafir, what did he do? He wanted to go to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for the judgment. And the Munafiq, he wanted to go to the Yahudi leader. Right, so this was the condition. That's why they're at the lowest level of Jahannam. However, there's always a chance. Allah Ta'ala says, there's always a chance until your final breath comes. Which is called the ghargar, ghargara. Right, this is an interesting verb, fairly rubai, which is four letters, ghargara. And it's a function in English called onomatopoeia, where the word sounds like the, uh, the sound that it makes in real life. Like the bees buzz and the phone rings. So, likewise, this verb ghargara is, is uh, the death rattle. So, when the final breath is coming out and uh, the, uh, the, the, um, the trachea is now going, is collapsing. So just like when a person who has like sleep apnea or otherwise is snoring, when he's breathing and he's and he is um, losing, his body is getting relaxed and his trachea starts closing, then it starts making the sound, sound, right? Then he go, wakes up. That's why they wear the CPAP machine continuously, right? People ask the masala, if there's water humidifier, then it will break your fast. And without the water, it will not? Break your fast. Okay, by the way, that's another masala we learned on the way. But, so this collapsing of the throat and the sound coming, sound, there's a verb for that called ghar ghara yu And uh, And when we make wudu, when you take the water and gargle it, gharara. Right, same thing. So Rasulullah said, Inna Allah yaqbalu tawbat al-abdi ma lam ghir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking forward, waiting. When are you going to make tawbah? Make tawbah, ya abdi, oh my slave. Make tawbah, make tawbah, you make tawbah. Hatta you ghargir. Until the final death rattle. The English translation has the word death rattle. What is a death rattle? It's not some toy rattle. No, it's the death rattle is the final ghargir sound coming out from the throat. So until that moment, even these munafiqun, Allah ta'ala says, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَأَصْلَحُوا Unless they make tawbah and they rectify their ways. وَاَعْتَصَمُوا بِاللَّهِ and they hold on firmly to Allah. And they bring sincerity in their deen. Guess what? They're going to be included among the true believers. They'll become Sahaba. They'll become the Siddiqeen, Shuhada, Salihin. 
Nabiyyin, Siddiqin, Shuhada, and Salihin, they're with them. They'll be granted a huge, great reward. Then Allah Ta'ala says very, um, uh, such a question that should um, affect our hearts. He says, What is Allah going to gain by giving you adab to begin with? I don't want to give you adab. This literally is a question. What am I going to get by giving you adab? Just be grateful to me and believe in me. That's all I want to see from you. Then when you talk about sins that are happening in community, if something really bad, nasty, obscene is happening, we should not necessarily talk about it. Because Allah Ta'ala says, لا يحب الله الجهر بالسوء Allah Ta'ala doesn't like for a person to expose and talk about bad things in general. Because dhikr of shar increases shar, dhikr of khair increases khair. Dhikr of khair brings nur to the heart, dhikr of shar brings dhulma to the heart. But there's one exception to that. إِلَّا مَنْ ظُلِمْ Except for the one who is wronged. The one who is wronged. So what happens is, we are uh, misapply this on both ends. The person is not affected, nothing happened to you, you go around talking about, oh, so and so committed this act and that act of zina or fala or fala. It doesn't involve you, so you're exposing people's sins, and you are destroying their reputations, and you should not speak about such things, because لا يحبوا الله The other hand, the person is a victim, na'udhu billah, and this is a reality, sad fact, there's a victim of sexual abuse or victim of physical abuse or victim of any type of emotional abuse and then we tell them no no hush hush don't talk to authority don't talk to police don't talk to a counselor don't talk to a mufti don't talk to any psychologist and just be quiet about it because you shouldn't tell anybody but Allah Ta'ala said illa man dhulim the one who is mazlum he has a right to speak because venting it and speaking about it first of all if you can catch the zalim the zalim needs to be caught because if you're going to remain silent, he's going to go on and continue doing zulm on someone else. If he's a child predator, he's a pedophile, he needs to be caught and put in jail right away. We don't want him to continue harming other innocent children. So if there are unfortunate reality pedophiles in every community, and, and that means with no exception. So if there's a pedophile, na'udhu he needs to be what? Identified. Speak to the people in authority and let's take action and put him away where he belongs, frankly. We cannot have this attitude, oh, hamare bachche ki izzat or beti ki izzat or fulan ki izzat, right? We can try to control that as much as possible, but we need to catch these criminals that are amongst us, roaming around, because we don't want to speak up. Illa man zulim. Allah Ta'ala said so. The one is mazlum, you better go. In fact, it's your obligation to report this criminal so we can take action. We as in the ummah or the court of law can take action against him. So both sides we are making mistakes. Without any necessary reason or cause, going and exposing, talking about sins. Particularly the nature of the sin are two types, lazim and mutaaddi. That which affects a person only and that which harms other people. He's doing a sin, is not harming anyone, he's harming himself. He's addicted and watching haram things on his own computer sitting all day and all night. So who is he harming? He's harming himself. So going and exposing that sin to other people. He's not harming anybody else. He's harming his own brain, his own eyes, his own heart, his own ruhaniyat is going down the drain. He's blackening his soul. So you don't have to expose him. You can go try to help him. But if somebody is hurting other people in any manner, then those people need to be brought to justice. Allah is hearing what's going on. The zalim and the mazlum, both of them. And alima, he's aware of what's going on as well. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that speaks about subhanallah his prophets. He speaks about uh, Isa alayhi salam. 
and different Anbiya alayhi salam, their stories, he, saw, he speaks about, uh, I will conclude with this, I think the time is going, alhamdulillah, he speaks about the Christians. He says about the Christians that they, in the Yahud, they say, Inna Isa ibn They say that we have put him on the cross, we, we killed him. You have not killed him. You did not crucify him. You got confused because you took the wrong guy, mistaken identity. Right? They took the wrong guy on the cross. They are all in doubt regarding him. The reality is they did not crucify him. Right? The, the traitor, he was looked, made to look like Isa alayhi salam. Isa alayhi salam was airlifted by Jibreel alayhi salam, taken out. Allah uplifted him up to the heavens. And the good news here, every Christian will believe in Allah and believe that Isa alayhi salam was a prophet of Allah after Isa alayhi salam comes back and tells them before he dies. So the Yehud he will kill and, and he will kill Dajjal. And the Christians will accept Islam, the true ones. Because he will say that, Hello, I am Jesus speaking to you. I did not die on the cross. Like I was there. I'm the actual man, Jesus. So let me tell you the real story what happened. And they will say, Really Jesus? They didn't take you on the cross? That's what we thought. No, no, no. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Allah took me to heavens and now I'm back. Jesus has returned to earth. Right? So when he comes back, this is a very, very good news that the Christians will what? Accept Islam. Before Isa alayhi salam dies. And that communication between Isa alayhi salam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very beautiful how they're talking back and forth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, mentions that. We heard that today as well. Uh, this is right at the end of Surah Ma'idah. Allah will say, Oh Isa ibn Maryam, did you tell the people? Make me and my mother marry gods besides Allah. Allah Subhanak, he will say, yeah, Subhanallah, Ya Allah, How could I say something? I have no right to say that. In kuntu qultuhu, faqad alimtahu. If I said such a thing, you know it. Ta'alu ma fi nafsi, you know everything in my heart even. Wala alu ma fi nafsi. I don't know about you, but you know everything about me. Inna kanta alamul ghuyub. You are the have complete knowledge of the unseen. He's horrified by the suggestion. How dare I say something like this? Ma qultu lahum illa ma amartani bihi. Only thing I told them is what you commanded me. I told them, Allah Rabbi wa Rabbakum. Worship Allah, my Lord, your Lord. I was a witness. As long as I was alive, I never told them to worship me. And after I died, you are in control of their matters. What happened afterward, I'm not responsible. You know everything that has happened. And then he will make a dua. But what does he say? If you... Punish them, they are your slaves. If you forgive them, الحكيم, you are the powerful, you are the one who has all wisdom. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reply, Today, those who are truthful, their truthfulness will help them. And those who are liars, they will face the punishment of their lies. So these are beautiful ayat regarding the whole scenario of Isa alayhi salam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to protect us and our family from this, um, this shirk, this form of shirk, which is so nonsensical. Yani, yeah, Allah Ta'ala goes to so many different details and explaining to the people like, Oh Nasara, what is wrong with you? At one place in the ayat, just from tonight's recitation as well, He says, Subhanallah, They are kafir, those who say that Jesus is 
or God is one third of the three. So this whole Trinity concept, which was formulated as a grand compromise in the Council of Nicaea in 300 so, uh, AD, prior to the birth of Rasulullah this concept of the Trinity was a grand compromise of the different warring factions within the Christian, early Christian religion. When uh, the king locked them up in the cathedral and said that you guys have so many different aqaid and each one is saying the other one is batil, just come up with some compromise situation, otherwise all of you are going to be hanged. So then they, they came up with their different gospels and then they created this aqidah. Of which one? Trinity. God is one divided into three. One plus one plus one. Go to any kindergarten, early childhood. Go to Dar es Salaam, early childhood, three to five years old. Ask them what's one plus one plus one beta or beti. Right? They will say it's three. But the Christians will say what? Somehow it's one. The mystery of Trinity. So Allah Ta'ala says this is a kufr. There's only one God. Subhanallah, Allah Ta'ala says, look at this man. They used to eat food. These to walk in the markets. How can he be God? So these are interestingly, if you think about a comparison, uh, the objections the mushrikeen made about Muhammad, how can he be a prophet? Oh, he eats, he walks in the market. So he can't be a prophet. Here Allah Ta'ala is saying, he walks, he eats in the market, how can he be God? So to be God, you cannot be a creation, but to be a Nabi, you can be, not only can be a human being, must be a human being. Because a human being is a messenger from Allah to the human beings. So he has to go through the life of a human being, has to understand the challenges of a human being. So that's why the Nabi of Allah was a human being. And uh, this uh, God himself, it cannot be a human being. Lam yalid wa lam yulad. He has no parents, no children. This is the concept of Tawheed. And we think it's a no-brainer. It's not a no-brainer. We have to keep on reminding ourselves. Believe it or not, our children are exposed to all this. In Christmas time in particular, and all of these scenes that they see, uh, some of the people, majority of the people who are becoming murtad are becoming atheists. But there are cases, through your knowledge, let me, let, you, let me inform you, of Muslim children even becoming Christian. Right. In uh, Muslim lands, where it's primarily the reason there is which one? Poverty. Poverty. Nabi said, Kad al yakuna kufra. Fakr can very much lead a person to kufr. So if the missionary goes and says to the Muslim kid, oh, have you ever had a chocolate? He'll say, the closest I got to it is when I licked the empty uh, plastic of the chocolate in the garbage. But I never had an opportunity to taste the real chocolate. Okay, I'll give you a whole box of chocolates. Just say, Jesus is my savior. Right? So that's happening in millions, right? Where Christians, they're becoming Christians. But uh, even here, there are cases of Muslims becoming Christians that we have seen. Na'udhu billah. So we have to speak about the aqidah of Tawheed as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us istiqama and iman. Wa akhu da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.